So today we're really just going to be recapping a lot of what we've been talking about throughout this whole season. Because in many ways, uh, Christmas is, a, a, a band, is, is like a band that has one song. We just play that song over and over again, that song of the birth of Jesus and preparing for the birth of Jesus. And the, in this uh, season that has been an intentional part of the people of God throughout history and throughout the world, the season of Advent, of preparing for the coming of, of Jesus, this is an opportunity for us to just repeat and remind each other of this good news, this good news that God came to us, that God loved us so much that He became like us so that we could be with Him and have new life with Him. And this gift is the gift of God. It's what this scripture referred to as the gift of Emmanuel, which means God with us. And as we've been looking at the Gospel of Matthew, we've been talking about how during Christmas we have the opportunity to witness God's withness. That during Christmas we witness to God's witness that God came to us. God comes to us in the messiness that is the ordinary human experience. God sees the messiness that occurs in our lives from Monday through Saturday, and He enters into that. God steps in to the human story. In Matthew 1, we see that this story of how God entered into the world through Jesus Christ, the one true God, the one in whose image we are created, the one who made us for His purposes. And here in Christmas, yes, we celebrate gifts, we celebrate songs, we celebrate joy, but all of that is rooted in this event, this event of God showing up. And this event actually has a name. This event is, the, is called the Incarnation. The Incarnation is when God stepped in to our story. You know, I got to watch a debate this past uh, weekend where two people were just debating about uh, faith and about um, understanding and whatnot. And one person that was the person of faith uh, debating in this conversation just simply pointed out that this event of the incarnation of Jesus coming to us, this is the event that changed everything, that changed the entire course of human history. We can't understand the world that we live in today without reference, referencing this event. As we've talked about the past couple of weeks, even to this year is the year 2019, 2019, because it is in reference to approximately 2019 years ago when Jesus was born, when Jesus entered in to our story in this event of the Incarnation. La Navidad, en la Navidad celebramos la encarnación de Dios por medio de Jesucristo. And really, when we talk about this event of incarnation, really, it can sound like this big word because we don't use that word every single day. But incarnation simply means that, that God became human in Jesus Christ, that God shows up and He takes initiative to save us and restore us back to Himself, to restore this connection. There was a disconnect between us and God. 
But then what did God do? He came and He Himself, He reconnected us back to Himself through Jesus, this event, through this event of incarnation. This is what Matthew is writing about. This is what both Luke and Matthew, who we've been studying over this past month, who wrote about the birth of Jesus, they couldn't contain themselves. They had to keep talking about it in order to spread this good news that God came to us. And friends, brothers, sisters, just to be clear, that is part of the foundation of our faith. The foundation of of the Christian faith today, yes, is the resurrection of Jesus, but the resurrection took place because first there was an incarnation, because God came to us. It's affirming, it's accepting the reality that God took action. God took an action that changed everything. He broke into human history and began the work of restoring all of humanity and all of creation back to Himself. God became like us through Jesus in order to save us from sin, in order to save us from ourselves, in order to save us from bowing down to others, bowing down to idols. He came to restore us. This is the gift of Emmanuel. During Christmas, this is what we witness to, to God with us or to God's withness, to God showing up. This gospel event that is called the Incarnation or the Emmanuel, God with us, this is the good news of Christmas. And to believe in this good news of Christmas is to believe that we can now know and be known by God because God took an action. He took steps toward us in Jesus. He saw us right where we were and He said, I'm not going to leave you there. I love you too much for that, so I'm going to step in. I'm going to close the gap for you. That's what we see in the miracle of Christmas. God showed up in Jesus Christ. And in this time of Christmas, in this time of hope, of faith, of joy, we have the opportunity to receive the gift of the presence of God. Durante esta Navidad tenemos la oportunidad de recibir el regalo de la presencia de Dios. As we've talked about the past full few weeks, sometimes we can get preoccupied with the gifts and the lights and the songs, which are all beautiful, but really Christmas, all those gifts, all those lights, all those decorations really point to this event. This event that was actually a little bit messy. This event that was completely unexpected. This event that was actually a collision a beautiful collision of heaven and earth, of time and eternity. When we think of the birth of Jesus, that all of that wraps together. It all connects together in a unique way that only God could bring it. God shows up. And today, as we place our trust in Him, God shows up in us. And as God shows up in us, we are empowered to show up for others. That's part of the Christmas theme. The gifts that we receive and the gifts we give above all of those, the greatest gift we can give is the gift of presence. You know, I'll never forget this. Before I was a parent, 
I remember someone um, actually said this to me, and I never forgot it, which is, it was around this Christmas time, and they said, remember that the gifts that we give our children may or, not, may or may not be remembered this year, but what will be remembered is whether or not we were present. They will remember whether or not we showed up, whether or not we were there. And it doesn't only have to be with our children. It can be with our family members, with our family situation as it is. We have the power to be able to show up, to give the gift of presence, just as God has shown up for us. You know, I can think about very fondly, you know, as we were uh, discussing together this whole question on what is your favorite Christmas surprise or Christmas memory, I, as I wrote that last night, I, I thought about my favorite Christmas surprise uh, growing up, and that always had to do with my grandma or my abuela, my abuela uh, Lupe. And, you know, my, my grandmother Lupe, she really didn't have much, but one thing she did, and she just decided to do this every single year when we were growing up, I can say from ages three to about 15 my grandmother Lupe decided to just show up on Christmas, on Christmas Eve, no matter what. And get this, my grandma didn't even live in the same city as us. My grandma didn't even live in the same state as us. My grandma didn't even live in the same country as us. My grandma Lupe would hop on a greyhound in Baja, California, Mexico, and she would travel all the way to downtown Los Angeles, and she would be with us every single Christmas. Mi abuela Lupe venía a visitarnos cada año durante mi niñez, y esa fue mi memoria preferida de la Navidad. So my grandma wasn't, you know, someone that was very well-versed or had much resources, but one thing that she did every single year of my childhood is she showed up on that Greyhound station <laughs> in downtown LA, and I'm never going to forget it. So for me, when I think about Christmas, I think about my Abuela Lupe, my grandma, who is with the Lord now, this year in January. So I look forward to being able to rejoice and celebrate in God's presence together. But she gave us that gift of presence. But ultimately, all she was doing was reflecting the gift of God, the gift of God with us, the gift of God showing up. She didn't have tons of presence or tons of resources, but she showed up. And just as God shows up in us, we are empowered to show up for others. And you don't even have to take a greyhound, so. <laughs> en la Navidad celebramos que Dios vino a nosotros. Emmanuel significa Dios con nosotros. Ese es el motivo de la Navidad. We receive this gift of Emmanuel when by faith we simply believe and accept the reality that God has shown up. Here I am. I'm ready for you. Are you ready? And when God shows up, that changes everything. And we get to give the gift of Emmanuel when we show up for others. 
We show up when we serve and we do life together and when we invite others into this new life with God. That's why we've been saying uh, throughout this Christmas season, take an opportunity to invite friends, invite family, invite neighbors. That's so that they can receive the gift of presence, the gift of God's presence, of of God's promises, and of God's power. El regalo de Dios es lo que se llama Emmanuel. Dios con nosotros se demuestra en ser presente. So what we celebrate during this Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ. This story that we got to sing about, we had a whole concert about yesterday. I got to sit here and and read the entire story for us, which I really enjoyed doing. But one thing that we see is that this story of Christmas, which has often been called the greatest story ever told, is a story that began in such a simple and such an unexpected way. It started with this announcement of Gabriel showing up to Mary and letting her know that she would give birth to a son. This was in a place, in a remote place called Nazareth. It wasn't even the main area where everything was happening, but it was there remotely that God showed up. In Nazareth was this small agricultural settlement, much smaller than Visalia or anywhere in the valley. Not that popular. It was located on a road that was leading to another place called Samaria. But Joseph and Mary, there they were engaged at the time, or betrothed, as the old school language tells us, which just means that they were seriously engaged. They had plans, and then something unexpected happened. Something that no one was planning for. God showed up. Ordinary pieces were brought together through these ordinary people in ordinary places, and God did something extraordinary. God had a plan. God had a plan in place, even when no one can see it or no one was expecting it. God had a plan in place, and He was using all of the pieces to bring together something greater than anyone could have thought or even imagined. God uses an ordinary couple to bring about something extraordinary. Through this birth of a baby, all of history, all of life, all of creation would be changed. So what do we celebrate during Christmas? I've brought this up several times, I think almost every single week when we've been together. How do we answer that question? What do we celebrate during Christmas? What is Christmas to begin with? And to put it just in one word, Christmas is a miracle. La Navidad es un milagro. Christmas is the miracle of God and the gift of God. It is the gift of God showing up. The gift of God's presence with us. The gift of God's power. The gift of God's promises fulfilled. That's a miracle. And the scriptures actually announce this miracle in a way that's not an argument or an explanation. You know, even if you read through Matthew's account and Luke's account on the birth of Jesus, you actually don't see that the gospel writers are really trying to overly convince us why we should believe this. But it's simply telling us this is the matter of fact. We believe it because it's true. Christmas is a miracle. 
I love how a wise person once told me, and I've shared this quote before with some of you, but the way that we can um, define a miracle is this way. Basically, if we can explain a miracle, then that means God didn't do it. We simply announce miracles, we sing about miracles, and we give God thanks for miracles. One of my favorite books that has really impacted me and shaped me as a pastor and a minister is uh, this book called On Being a Servant of God. I think some of us here have read it. I've shared some copies before. But Warren Wiersbe, the the author of that book, actually quotes exactly what, in his view, a miracle is. And he says this, If you can explain what's going on, God didn't do it. How do you explain a miracle? You don't. You just receive the miracle and share the miracle and let God have all the glory. That's the miracle of Christmas. And what we do this, with this Christmas miracle, we have an opportunity today and even in this season to receive this miracle, to share this miracle, and to give God all the glory. Christmas is exactly this. It's this miraculous gift of God. La Navidad es el regalo de Dios milagroso. So today, may we receive the gift and also pass on the gift. In so many ways, the gift of Christmas is the gift that multiplies, the gift that keeps on giving. We can receive the gift of God's presence and we can give the gift of being present with others. So, we're going to take an opportunity today to do a few things. We're going to even share in community how it is that we can receive God's presence and also give the gift of presence in this Christmas season. And then afterwards, we're going to take a look, watch a very short clip on the just the story of Christmas. Because that's my prayer, that today we can look at the story of Christmas with fresh eyes. Sometimes we can think that because something is so familiar that we know everything about it. But Christmas is celebrated every single year together because every single time we hear the story, there's something new. There's something fresh. So, Let's take an opportunity together as a community. We've been talking about Christmas being Emmanuel, the gift of God with us, the gift of God showing up. So in this Christmas season, how have you experienced the presence of God? How can you give the gift of God's witness? So... And if maybe you don't know exactly how to answer that question, just think about this Christmas story. What have you heard from this story even today or even yesterday at the concert that has allowed you to view the story with fresh eyes or to hear the story with fresh ears? So let's go ahead and just take a moment, and we won't, we won't take long in this, and we'll ask anyone that shares to just limit to a minute or two, 
and um, so we can get a few people to share. But in this Christmas season, how have you experienced the presence of God? How can we receive the gift of God with us? And how can we pass on and give the gift of God's presence as well? Or how have you, what have you heard from this story that is perhaps a bit newer to you? So we'll go ahead and um, read the story one more time, and you can just reflect on these questions. And then we'll take an opportunity to just simply uh, read, the pas- read the passage and reflect on it together as a community. So I'll read for us once again, Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. And then as you're reading that, read it with fresh eyes and see what is it that God may be showing you today that you haven't noticed before in this Christmas story. And then how can we receive the gift of God's presence and give the gift of God's presence? So as we reflect together, I'm going to read this passage for us one more time, beginning at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So we're wanting to look at this passage with fresh eyes and hear it with fresh ears. So even just right now or right where you've been in your seat or anything that you've heard today or during this whole Christmas season that we've been together, what new thing have you noticed? Or what is, what is this story about the birth of Jesus? What does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about people? And what is the gift that we see in this story? So we'll go ahead and open it up in this passage. What is it that God speaks to you in? In just viewing this Christmas story with fresh eyes, with fresh ears. And we'll, we'll just hear a couple of shares and then we'll take an opportunity to Um, watch this clip, and then we'll pray together. 
but we're just sharing brief reflections. What do we see here in this Christmas story? Uh, What comes to me right is the unexpectedness of God. We see the angel showing up to Mary. I don't know how I would have felt if that happened to me. We see Joseph and Mary engaged. They're yet to get married, and now there's an unexpected pregnancy right there. And we see the birth of Jesus unexpected to the rest of the world. No one expected him, but we see all people coming down to worship him. And so just the unexpectedness of God, that God will show up in my life, in our lives, when we least expect it. Not when we are praying the hardest, not when we are doing all things right as we sometimes think, but when we least expect it, God will show up and break through those walls when we least expect it. Amen. Thanks, Charlotte. God shows up when we least expect it in unexpected and fresh ways. Yes, Harris? Um, I think a really cool thing to take away is I always like hearing about Mary, and everyone always assumes, like, oh, this is such great news. She's pregnant. You know, everything's great. The Messiah's coming. But I can't imagine for her what it was like. I mean, yes, it's this good, amazing thing, but... You know, she was going to get engaged, and she was going to start a life, and then all of a sudden it's completely derailed, mm-hmm. you know, and not necessarily by her doing it, and how hard it must have been to stay positive through all of that. But then it talks about later on how she pondered the things that happened yeah. um, and kept them in her heart. And I can't imagine if that was the moment she realized God did have it all planned out and that there was good that was going to come out of this. I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Eris. ¿Qué es lo que notamos en esta historia? And one thing Eris mentioned here is just that about uh, God working even in unplanned ways. Right? And Mary pondered in her heart what had happened. What else do we see here in this passage that we can see with fresh eyes and hear with fresh ears about this story of Christmas? ¿Qué más vemos aquí? In este pasaje, even just a word or an image or just a, a brief reflection. We, we don't really do this too often, just a few times a year, to hear from each other, to sharpen each other as a community as well. And what better way to do that than even with this, this story of Christmas that we hear and we listen to together as a community every year. What else do we notice in, in this passage? With fresh ears, with fresh eyes, yeah. Nancy? It just popped into my head about Joseph um, being faithful to the law, and he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, and that, so he just did it quietly. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, uh, and was obedient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a, a quiet obedience that was happening with Joseph. It wasn't something that he was projecting out there or telling the whole world, hey, well, look at what's going on here, right? No, but he was also going to honor the, the woman he was betrothed to, that he was engaged to as well. But God worked in quiet obedience as well. Thanks, Nancy. Maybe we have time for one or two more. And men, we need to step up here. There's already four women. <laughs> So we're going to need a man in the next one. (laughs) You know, I was thinking like Nancy, um, 
I was thinking about Joseph, and we live in a society where women get pregnant out of wedlock all the time. But that was a profound thing in mm -hmm. his time. And for Joseph to be able to accept the, the message from the angel, the message from God, and to be faithful, even though it was going to look really bad to the culture around him. You know, it's easy to like forget how profound that was. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, Joyce. Most profound what God was doing in this Christmas story. Chris? Yeah, so uh, just looking over the whole story and what you were reading this morning, um, what comes to me is like kind of the word you've been saying over the past few weeks, the witness mm -hmm. of God. Um, we see it even in um, the name Emmanuel. You know, mm -hmm. he'll be called Emmanuel, God with us. Um, and I think the whole thing for me just is a reference back to the Father, how we have a very, he's a, a God of certainty, you know. Um, all this points back to him redeeming us, you know, um, reconciling us back with him. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I see it pretty much. Um, yeah. The grace of God, yeah. you know, working through all of this. And, and, and it, it was unexpected at the time, but we do know that it was also told beforehand by the prophets. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus always referenced that, have you not read the scriptures? You know, yeah. even David talked about me, right. you know. And so that's, that's how I see the beauty in it. Um, it's just the orchestra of God working, yeah. his sovereign hand. So. Everything coming together in its perfect time. Okay, Sister Carmen, and she will close us out here. <laughs> What I see is, is the innocence, the trust of Mary when the angel appeared to her. But then also Joseph, once the angel appeared to him, he had the trust and the love, the love that Joseph had for Mary and how they both just trusted and they gave of themselves. It was just, it's just beautiful. And yet they kept on giving. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Carmen. The trust to receive the gift of God, the miracle of Christmas, requires trust. To say, yes, God, I trust you. I trust you more than my circumstance. I trust you more than my situation. That was the posture of Mary and of Joseph. We trust you. So I pray that together as a community, we can declare that, that we trust in our God. So let's go ahead and take a moment, and we're going to watch this uh, brief video to once again help us understand the Christmas story with fresh eyes and through a fresh perspective. And so Luke's implying here that God's about to do something that significant for this people once again. The angel tells Zechariah to name the son John. And then he says that the son's going to fulfill a promise of Israel's ancient prophets, that somebody would come one day to prepare Israel to meet their God when he arrived to rule in Jerusalem. Because right now, Jerusalem is ruled by the Romans. Yeah, specifically, it's governed by a man named Herod, who's a puppet king under the Roman Empire. And so the Jewish people wanted nothing more than to be free and govern themselves in their own land. 
So this is shocking news. Everything's going to change. God's on his way. But how is he going to arrive? Well, to find out, Luke takes us out of Jerusalem and then up into a small town in the hills of an out-of-the-way region called Galilee. There we find a young woman named Mariam, or we call her Mary. She was engaged to be married. And then an angel appears to Mary, saying that she's going to have a son. She's supposed to name him Jesus, which in Hebrew means the Lord saves. And he will be a king like David, who will rule over God's people forever. And then Mary asks, okay, well, how is this possible? Because I'm a virgin. And she's told that the same Holy Spirit that brought life and light out of darkness in Genesis chapter 1 is going to generate life inside her womb. God is about to bind himself to humanity through the conception and the birth of the Messiah. And so Mary goes from some backwoods no-name girl to the future mother of the king? Exactly. In fact, she sings a song about how this reversal of her own social status points to a greater upheaval to come. Through her son, God's going to bring down rulers from their thrones and exalt the poor and the humble. He's going to turn the whole world order upside down. So when Mary was really pregnant, she and her fiancé Joseph had to go down to Bethlehem. Yeah, there was a decree across the Roman Empire about new taxes, and so everybody had to go get registered in the town of their family line. There were so many visitors in Bethlehem, they can't find a guest room. And so the only place they can find is a spot where animals sleep. Now nearby were some shepherds with their flocks, and an angel appears, which of course freaks them out. But they're told to celebrate because tonight in Bethlehem, a savior has been born. Yeah, they're told to go and find this baby, and they'll know that it's the Messiah because he's going to be wrapped up and laying in a grimy feeding trough. Yeah, which is pretty gross. Totally. And then these shepherds, who aren't very clean themselves, they go and find the newborn Jesus in this really dingy place, and their minds are blown. They go home wondering what on earth is about to happen. And this is all really strange. I mean, if God's really coming to save the world, this isn't how you would expect him to arrive. Born in an animal shelter to a teenage girl, celebrated by no-name shepherds. Exactly. I mean, everything is backwards in Luke's story, and that's the point. He is showing how God's kingdom was first revealed in these dirty places among the poor, because Jesus is here to bring salvation by turning our world order upside down. Amen. Christmas is God's miracle that turns our worlds upside down or right side up. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much that you, Lord, are the one who guides us and directs us, Lord. We pray that you would continue to order our steps, Lord, through this amazing miracle, Lord, this birth that changes everything. Te damos gracias, Señor, por el, el milagro, Señor, de la Navidad. El milagro que cambia todo, tu presencia. And Lord, we just pray that um, even now, as we take an opportunity to prepare our hearts and our minds, Lord, for your table, for your communion, for this common union that we have together, may we remember, Lord, that um, this is available because you took the action of showing up, Lord. 
of coming to us. So Lord, we lift you up. And right now, we're going to take a moment, just as we are, to prepare our hearts and minds, reflecting on the weight of this Christmas gift, of this Christmas miracle, of God showing up and turning our worlds right side up. As we do so, we're going to thank God. And at the same time, we're going to prepare ourselves for the table of Jesus, for this communion table. This is God's table that welcomes all those who place their trust and their hope in Him alone. Let's take an opportunity to prepare ourselves for this meal, just as you are there. Go ahead and take a moment to connect with God, to prepare your mind and your heart for this table, this table that Jesus welcomes us to. Supper. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, this holy supper, this holy meal that we're about to celebrate is a feast of remembering and a feast of communion, of common union together because of what Jesus has done. This is a feast of remembering, of hope, and of communion. Amados en el Señor Jesucristo, la Santa Cena que estamos por celebrar es una fiesta memorial de comunión y de esperanza. We come in remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into this world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death on the cross. Recordamos que el Padre envió al mundo a nuestro Señor Jesucristo para que tomara de nuestra carne y sangre para morir por nosotros en la cruz. We come to have communion with this same Christ who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. He will never leave us or forsake us. In the breaking of this bread, He makes Himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens, that strengthens us for life eternal. In the cup of blessing, He comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear real fruit. Nos acercamos para tener comunión con el propio Cristo, quien nos ha prometido estar con nosotros por siempre hasta el fin del mundo. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge and they're a foretaste of the feast of love of which we will partake in when His kingdom has fully come, when with unveiled faces we shall behold Him, made like Him unto His glory. 
nos acercamos con esperanza sabiendo que un día lo, lo vamos a ver rostro a rostro, cara a cara a nuestro Señor Jesucristo Lord we thank you because you make this all possible Lord as we've said several times today you made a way where it seemed like there was no way and God we thank you Lord that you bless this time that we have together to reflect on your presence God and we pray Lord that in the taking of this meal Lord that we would experience your real presence with us God God with us the gift of Emmanuel pray this in the faithful name of Jesus Amen the Lord the same night that he was betrayed he took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it And he looked at his disciples and he said to them, Take, eat. This is my, my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. El Señor Jesucristo la misma noche que fue entregado, tomó el pan y dando gracias lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos, diciendo, Tomen, coman. Este es mi cuerpo por ustedes, está partido. Hagan esto en memoria de mí. After the same manner also, he took the cup. And when they had supped it, he said, This cup is the new covenant. This cup is the new testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Después de la misma manera, también tomó la copa diciendo, Esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Hagan esto cada vez que tomen de ella en memoria de mí. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing us together. We pray, Lord, that this morning, This cup and this bread may represent your real presence with us here and now. And even in this Christmas season, may it represent that, Lord, the Emmanuel, God, with us. We pray, Lord, and we confess that we have what we have done, as well as the things that we have left undone this morning, we take time to pray and confess and to repent, Lord to change our ways. Lord, today we pray that instead of doubling down, you give us the opportunity here at this table to turn around and to come to you with a fresh start, with a new beginning, Lord. So today we confess, Lord. We take this moment right now to confess to you. So just as you are, you can do that right now. You can confess before God. Confession is telling the truth about God and the truth about ourselves. The truth about our brokenness, so we can be honest about that. And the truth about God's faithfulness. So let's just take a moment right where we are and silently confess. Vamos a tomar tiempo para confesar allí donde estamos, diciendo la verdad a Dios.
Lord, we thank you for the gift of your table. We thank you for the gift of your hospitality and of your presence, God. That's what we celebrate in this season, and that's what we're celebrating right now. Amen. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, to let each person examine himself or herself, then so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is a feast of God for the people of God. For those that have placed their faith and their trust in the Lord, this table is open to you. But this time is actually open to everyone. All of us are on a journey. Some of us maybe haven't taken that step yet. This can be an opportunity for you to do that. You can pray and confess right where you are, Jesus, I trust in you. I receive you as my Savior. I trust in you more than I do in myself or in other things or in other people. But this can be an opportunity for everyone. We can take an opportunity to take and eat of the elements. But this can be a time for you to pray and sit and reflect and confess. This is a time for everyone. Because this is the feast of God for the people of God. I'm going to ask one of our servers, John Jones, to help serve the elements. And then we will eat of the bread and drink of the cup together in common union, in the communion that Jesus calls us to. John Jones can serve people that are ready on this side of the sanctuary and I will, will serve those that are ready on this side of the sanctuary. Friends, this is the feast of God for the people of God. Let us come forward and receive the elements.
was mentioned, this is the feast of God for the people of God. This is the body of Christ broken for you because he loves you. Let us eat together in one communion. blood of Christ shed for you, which represents the new covenant in Christ. Let us drink together. Holy Lord, we thank you for just this gift of intimacy, Lord. You refuse to just be passive. You refuse to just see us from a distance, Lord, but you keep coming closer. And you give us opportunities like this to celebrate communion, to celebrate this supper, to celebrate this meal at this table that you prepared to be able to draw close to you, God. We thank you, Lord, and we pray for even those among us that today, Lord, we just had an opportunity to pray, confess, and connect with you. And I pray, Lord, that today could be an opportunity to take a step closer toward you as you take steps toward us. We pray this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen.